Here is something really enchanting. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls? This is Resonance with your host, Chris Michaels, and we broadcast via OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. We do this every single Wednesday from 7 to 8 Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to us almost anywhere. And also, you can listen to my Monday through Thursday podcast, Last Call with Chris Michaels, and that is on Anchor and Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, so you can just listen until your heart's content. And what more could you possibly want than more of me, the lovable fuzzball of truth? I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty tired today. I just, oh, the day job was just busting my nuts. And I'm, oh, I'm beat. I don't know if I have to go on a bender, get a haircut, get a shave, something, but something has got to change. Uh, And one thing that is going to change in California is that men or women that decide to identify as the opposite sex will then be placed in the appropriate prison. So that means if that there is a man in prison and he identifies as a female all of a sudden, then he is going to be placed – oh, I'm sorry. She is going to be placed in a female prison. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, I don't know. Could we start seeing more increases in rape? I would say so. And the UK – Ministry of Justice says that's exactly what happened when they did it. And there's a whole thing, fairplayforwomen.com. Their moniker is a supposed Karen. And Karen looks like a 50-year-old fat guy with facial hair and a messed up crew cut. However, Karen was sent to a women's prison after he decided to identify as a female. And Karen has a penis and sexually assaulted two women in said prison. So California is, and that's in the, uh, in the UK, California is all set to do just that. In fact, they've already got 261 prisoners that have requested the transfer, and 255 of them have requested the move from uh, from that same area as of January 1st. So, I mean, uh, what are we talking about here? Like, I don't care what you decide to identify as. Uh, what We all enjoy 
ourselves and if we just happen to enjoy ourselves as the opposite sex on a Saturday night or maybe full time, who cares? Uh, then that's what you do. But, but there is a pretty big problem with something like this because you're just taking men and you're putting them in the female pri- in a women's prison, and then you're saying, well, he identifies as a woman and that should be okay because we don't want to make things icky. Now, if they truly wanted to make things equal, there should be no men and women's prison. It should just be prison, regardless of sexual identification, because. By separating men and women, you inherently are not upholding the idea, or you are inherently upholding the idea of genetic gender identification, which goes totally against the idea of gender is in the head and not in the loins. So if we, you know, that's the argument that I would make. I mean, you people are 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 stupid. I mean, you can identify as a female, but don't tell me that a Karen that looks like a fifty-some-odd-year-old overweight guy with facial hair and a dick, that he identifies as a female and he's not going to do anything. I mean, just stop. Unless you're going to start chemically castrating people, then that's a whole different story. And maybe, just maybe, we can have that discussion. I mean, it's just nonsense. I, out of all of the realities that we've chosen to manifest before us, we choose something like this. Like, oh, man, there's got to be more interesting timelines to reincarnate to, but yet here we are. Uh, this is another thing that I don't get. And as you know, in the first yeah, I don't know, the first segment of Resonance, we kind of bounce around stories. We really don't stick to one thing or another but then we get into solid stories later on. Uh, This is another thing. It's being reported from the Epic Times, and this is Isabel Van Bruggen, and basically it is what we have all feared, and that is a number of U.S. colleges are starting to mandate that their students must have the COVID-19, quote-unquote, vaccination. But if you listen to me, either on this podcast or my other ones, then we all know that this is a gene therapy platform and the word vaccine is used extremely loosely. Six colleges so far, Cornell, Rutgers, Fort Lewis, Nova Southeastern, St. Edwards, Roger Williams College in Rhode Island have said that all students would need to be vaccinated before a fall return. Now, my question would be this. If I were a student and I decided to go to one of those colleges and I did not get the vaccine, however, somebody asked me whether or not I had a vaccine, and if I refused to answer, they would say, well, then you cannot attend my course. I would say, guess what? This is a HIPAA violation, and I hope you all enjoy lawsuits because that's none of your goddamn business whether or not I've received a vaccine. Vaccine loosely in quotes because, as we all know, the testing period goes on until 2023, and the World Economic Forum considers COVID over in 2025. So, no, I'm sorry. This is a HIPAA violation, and there is no way that any student should 
adhere to this. This is just outrageous violations of your privacy when it comes to health, and it is extremely disturbing that so many people and students and professors, I mean, it's unsurprising, it's just disturbing that all of these people are more than happy to go along with this stuff. I mean, where, where, where are their brains? They're not, they're not thinking, they're not in their heads, they're probably up their ass. But they don't see the problem with any of this. They just say, oh, well, uh, we have to remain safe because of COVID. Well, oh, man. I mean, do we have to start the move to Florida or the move to Texas? Thankfully, Texas has uh, came out there and said, guess what? You take your vaccine passport and you shove it because we're not going to do it. And that's, that's the right thing to do because it's none of anybody's business as to whether or not I've gotten any vaccines or have not gotten any vaccines. And that's the bigger picture here when we think about it. What is really going on with all of this? How come, how come this is all happening on a global scale? How come nobody sees this? All of these lockdowns and restrictions happen across the globe in front of seven and a half billion people. And they all, for the most part, adhere to it and don't question it. What happens when they try to really enforce these vaccine passports? What happens when this digital currency comes through? You're already starting to see digital currencies through PayPal and other credit card companies. They're already making this happen. So. Are they going to tie your social credit score, you know, what you look for on search engines, how you portray yourself across social media? Are they going to tie those items to your ability to spend money and live? Are they going to tie the idea of whether or not you have your vaccine to the notion that you can spend money. In other words, if you don't get the vaccine, do they shut your bank account down, being that there is no physical currency anymore? And then what? What are you supposed to do then? I think that's the end game here. Because there's nothing else makes sense. This, for some reason, is an end run on what it is to be free. And that's another issue where you have with all of these leftists and all of these supporters of vaccine passports, they come out there and say, oh, I just want to live back in my normal ways and I want to be free once more. The problem with these nitwits is that they don't realize one very, very important thing, and that is the idea of freedom. It's the government. The government does not grant you freedom. The government upholds your freedom. In other words, your freedom is inherent. You have it. You're born with it. You 
always walk around with it. You always have sex with it. You also always take your morning constitutional with it. The government is there to make sure that that inherent freedom is not infringed upon. It is not, not dispersed to you from the government. And that is the biggest logical mistake and fallacy that's being promoted out there, is that you will not get your freedom unless you get your vaccine. You will not be able to spend money or get your freedom to walk around, travel, drive, go into a restaurant or a bar or a sex club unless you display your vaccine passport. That is a huge, huge violation of what it is to be a human being. They're basically ostracizing you for questioning the narrative, and rightfully so. So what we need to do is we need to start holding these people accountable and start questioning them. And the first one we have to question is Dr. Fauci. And the second one we have to question is Bill Gates. How did Bill Gates become so powerful that he is the one determining medical policy across the globe? And why is Bill Gates telling the West and the United States that they're going to have to eat synthetic meat, or in other words, meat that is created from your own DNA. You're literally eating yourself from meat that is generated in a Petri dish. Is this really the world that we want to live in? Is this really the world that liberals have planned out for us and the globalists have planned out for us? I should say yes. And my biggest question is when are we going to do something about it? Because as far as I'm concerned, I've had enough. And it's only going to be people that have two brain cells to rub together and a pair of ovaries or a set of balls that aren't afraid to speak up for what it is to be free. We are going to be the only people that push back on this tyranny. And this is resonance with your host, Chris Michaels, via onthewakeupradio.com. This is Resonance with your host, Chris Michaels. We're here every single Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via onthewakeupradio.com. You can listen to us all across your very, very favorite podcasting platforms. We talk about current events, politics, We'll hopefully at some point get into metaphysics and ancient technology as well as maybe a little bit of theology because who doesn't like to talk about the late JC uh, and who knows maybe um, Zoroastrianism that's always a fun one to learn about or ancient Babylonian myth or Sumerian mythology which brings us to the legend of Ishtar, which, oddly enough, sounds a lot like Easter. So if we're going back to Babylonians and Sumerian myth, then we suddenly know that Ishtar comes down from the heavens in an egg. 
and she is known as the goddess of the hunt and the goddess of love. And what is her favorite meal, you might ask? While, oddly enough, it is boar. So that's where you get Easter eggs from, because she came down from the heavens in an egg. And that is also where you get Easter ham from. She liked her boar. She liked going after, well, pigs. Now, there's really nothing that associates Ishtar with a rabbit. Uh, But there is always the phrase, the rabbit died. And so the rabbit died was a pregnancy test that was developed, I think, in the 30s or the 40s, where they would inject the urine of a woman into a rabbit. And if the rabbit died, lo and behold, we have suddenly found out that said woman is, in fact, pregnant. And that's where the phrase, the rabbit has died, comes from. So it is a it is not far from what Easter is all about. It is the celebration of life at the expense of a death. And that's exactly what Easter is all about. The late JC goes up on that cross and dies and comes out. Oh, my gosh, he's not in the hole anymore, and he's out there, and he's still blessing people and all sorts of other stuff. If you read the apocryphal stories, you find out that, uh, oh, and by the way, the apocryphal stories are the, uh, the stories that uh, the Council of Nicaea and King James said, nah, we don't need these stories in the Bible. They're, they're much too interesting. You find out that God was very, very unhappy at the fact that his only son was killed. So in all of those stories, you've got uh, the land being ripped apart from the bottom up, so massive earthquakes, fires, riots, dogs, cats living together. It was just a terrible time, and nobody was happy about it. Uh, But that's a little brief rundown of what it is to be a celebration of Easter. Now, Moving right along, what has come out recently? And we talk about the border here, or I talk about the border on my other podcast at least. And there was a very, very disturbing story that was uh, released uh, from the Customs and Border Patrol. It's a black and white video. It is It's on, well, the frame starts on the border fence, so it's about 15 feet tall. And what you see is you see a coyote, and the coyote is the person that smuggles human beings across the border at night in the southern border. So let's just observe this one thing. If there are, and this this is a digression. So we're going to come back to what I was originally talking about after I make this point. If the world is on lockdown and the world is so paralyzed by COVID and COVID is the viral scourge that we're supposed to believe it is, then how come I can't even take a flight to one country or another, but anybody they want can come across the southern border of the United States? doesn't make sense unless there is another agenda going on. And I can test that that agenda is to reestablish the human trafficking rings, the drug running rings, the gun running rings, 
and also turn states into blue states over the next four years by transporting the illegal immigrants into purple states, states that can, that can go to the Democrats or the Republicans to ensure that the globalist policies and the Democrats do not even have to question or cheat as bad as they cheated in 2022 adhere to whatever stupid agenda they're being told to execute. Anyway, back to what I was saying. We see a black and white video and a coyote drops a five-year-old and a three-year-old over the fence. Now, where they drop these kids, and supposedly they're from Ecuador, it was in Santa Teresa, New Mexico. And I know I sounded more Italian than, Mex- than Spanish when I said that. In New Mexico. Now, where this drop occurred, miles and miles from the nearest town. It's not, oh, it's just down the block. We're talking miles. So you expect a five-year-old or a three-year-old to be able to, one, know where they are in the middle of the night. Two, not be frightened. Three, know where to go in order to get out of the situation that they've suddenly been placed in. So the media, the few media outlets that did decide to report on this, they came out and they said, well, this is just another sign of the awful migrant situation that we're dealing with. I would say it is something else. I would say what you saw was product being dropped off. That coyote was dropping off two kids that were purchased for somebody or by somebody. And that coyote gave that, whoever it was, the location of where those two kids were expecting the product to be delivered. But instead, the Border Patrol found out where these kids were and got them before the purchaser arrived. Nothing else makes sense. Why would somebody drop a five-year-old and a three-year-old in the middle of the desert from a 15-foot fence where they can't even see their hands in front of their face. Who were they supposed to meet? That would be my question to all of this. And the, the other issue that they're starting to find out, or starting to see, I should say, was in, uh, I think it was McAllen, or Mac, I think it was McAllen, McAllen, Texas. Well, let's just look it up. I don't. I, I think it's McAllen, Texas. McAllen, Texas. Yes, it is McAllen, Texas. So we've got all of these migrants in these holding facilities in Texas and across the border. So in McAllen, Texas, they've suddenly nobody's asking why all of these children are coming across the border. What they decided to do was hold all of these children in one location. And do you know what these kids started to do? These kids, children, started to engage in sexual acts. Brothers and sisters were committing incestuous acts. Children were engaged in sexual activity. Now, I don't know about you, 
But that only goes to firmly establish what I've been saying all along, and that is that the border is open and the Biden administration and the Kamala Harris administration and these filthy Democrats and awful globalist Republicans, they want to reestablish that whole human trafficking ring very, very fast. They want that adrenochrome flowing as fast as possible. Why else would the military suddenly, including NASA, including NASA, suddenly be forced to make room for children, for migrant children? We've all heard the stories about MK Ultra. We've all heard the stories about people being brainwashed into sex cults from birth. If this doesn't prove that, I don't know what else does. It's not that far of a jump in logic to assume that these children across, that are streaming across the border, somehow without parents, somehow without older siblings in their 20s that have a mature head on their, on their shoulders, somehow traveling thousands and thousands of miles. Right? We're supposed to believe that all oh, these woe is me, these people are coming across the border for a better life. How they travel thousands and thousands of miles. And certainly they didn't travel on an empty stomach. They didn't travel barefoot. They got there somehow, and I'd like to know who's funding it. So the problem with this, or what this proves, is that these trafficking rings are being reestablished, and it is as clear as day. Why would children, why would children be engaging in sexual acts unless they were born into the cult, unless they were born for the mere future? The only future they're going to experience would be within the sexual arena. These kids are being transported across the border because they've been purchased, either by who knows what agency in the government or very, very wealthy individuals. Because when I say agencies within the government, because if we remember what happened to Jeffrey Epstein back in 2008, 2009, when he actually got arrested, the local law enforcement people, they knew what was going on there. They knew, what was, they knew what was going on in Florida and everything else, but they were told to stay away from it because it was the CIA thing. And we all know Ghislaine Maxwell's history. She's Mossad up to her eyeballs. Her father was Mossad up to his eyeballs. Israeli intelligence through and through. So you're telling me they didn't know about any of this? Of course they knew about it. They endorsed it passively. Finally, we come to a story. I think her name is was Judy Byington. Byington? Yeah, Byington, I think, that wrote this story. And and it's I'm putting this story on the shelf of speculation because not the shelf of speculums, the the shelf of speculation. Because it's rumored. Now it's possible that this story is in fact true, and I wouldn't. I would say probably it is true. But she writes about this story where the evergreen trapped in the Suez Canal 
where the captain of the Evergreen refused to cooperate with anybody, which is odd. I shouldn't say the captain of the Evergreen. It's the Evergreen Company. Supposedly, according to her, Navy SEALs, it's always Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs boarded the Evergreen ship, and they found in all of those uh, shipping containers. Now, this is not new. I mean, I've heard this story plenty of times. Um, that there were children being transported in the shipping containers. There were also apparently a bunch of dead bodies in these shipping containers. And finally, there was supposedly a weapon of mass destruction of some sort within these shipping containers. And the SEALs went in there and took it all over. Now, if that's true, that means that the White Hats decided to take over that ship's navigation, which made it lodge itself in the way that it did in the Suez Canal. Think about that. Nobody questions that story at all. We first heard, oh, it was a very, very stiff wind that blew the ship that way. But if you look at the way the ship was steering, it literally made a paint-by-numbers image of a cock and balls. So you're telling me that wasn't staged? You're telling me a stiff wind allowed the ship to navigate itself, wedging itself perpendicularly to the Suez Canal in the image of a cock and ball? No, stop it. Stop. That's nonsense. Supposedly, that weapon of mass destruction was going to go to Muslim extremists funded by the West and Israel. Supposedly, she says, that the whole deal was being executed by the Mossad, which Mossad, CIA, they're all over Syria. They're all over ISIS, Al-Qaeda, uh, whatever, Mujahideen, whatever you want to call them. They're all over it. They fund them. We all know this. They give them weapons. Uh, just last week or this week, uh, somebody in the, on the U.S. side said that a major terrorist was one of theirs. I mean, stop. Stop. Now, I would say that probably most of that is true. Most of what I just said is true. I don't know if all of it is true. But what makes me believe that's all true and the reason why I lumped it into the human trafficking segment is because of the name of the company, Evergreen. There was a, and I found it this week, and I found it, I put the link in my articles spreadsheet. And then when I clicked on that link again, it was a dead link. <clears throat> so that tells you that this story is probably true. It was from Q13 Fox in Seattle. Notice the Q in there for all of you, uh, you Q fanatics out there. Q13 Fox in Seattle had a story from 2016, and they talked about what the Secret Service gave all of the pres presidential candidates for code words. So Mike Pence was one thing. Uh, Melania Trump was another word, and Donald Trump was another, so on and so forth. And do we all 
recall what Hillary Clinton's code word or code name was for the Secret Service. Why? It was none other than Evergreen. So what does that say to, to us about all of this? And this is Resonance with your host, Chris Michaels, via onthewakeupradio.com. This is Resonance with Chris Michaels. It is another Wednesday, and it is the hour of 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that's when we broadcast to you via onthewakeupradio.com. Because we're brilliant, and you're brilliant because you listen to programs on this station. We've got brain cells to rub together. We can make a conflagration that will be a beacon of light in the darkness of this world. And it's all because we are hyper-intelligent. As I've said in the past, I certainly suspect that these loosely called vaccines are gene therapy platforms. That means that they inject whatever it is into our systems and our genetics are ultimately manipulated in one form or another. And we see all of the propaganda out there. It says the vaccines, they do not alter your DNA. Now, correct. When the vaccine is injected into you, it is not altering your DNA. It's messing around with your mRNA, your messenger RNA, which ultimately tells your DNA what to do. So if you want to parse words, then yes, technically they're right, because they're not manipulating your DNA. They're manipulating your mRNA to make proteins develop in certain ways. And if you think that the Sputnik V vaccine is any different, it's not. We're starting to find out more about it, and uh, it's coming across that they are able to add on or subtract or manipulate people or manipulate the gene therapy platform called Sputnik V in the same kind of ways that they can manipulate the Johnson & Johnson, the AstraZeneca, all of the vaccines here too. And this is a story that was posted or reposted or mirrored on Giza Death Star by my favorite author, or one of my favorite authors, Dr. Joseph Farrell. And he references a story from sciencealert.com. It is titled, Pregnant Women Vaccinated with Pfizer or Moderna Actually Passed antibodies to babies. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting stuff. The article states the COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna are effective in pregnant women, bolstering their immune response and even passing protective antibodies to their babies, a study found. And it was published on Thursday, or last Thursday, in the American Journal of Obstetrics, I mean, I can never say that word, Obstetrics and Gynecology. And it looked at the OBGYN, the Journal of Vaginas in the United, the Scientific American Journal of Vaginas, looked at 131 women who received one of the two vaccines between December and March where 84 were pregnant and 31 were lactating. Now, my question to this is we all know that pregnant women should not be getting any of these vaccines, so why were these women pregnant? 
researchers from centers including Harvard, MIT, and Brigham and Women's Hospital found that the pregnant and lactating women had as strong of an immune response to the vaccine as the 16 women who were not pregnant or lactating. And they found that the offspring of these women had the secondary antibodies to combat the coronavirus more effectively, testing the umbilical cord, blood, and the placenta. How about that? Now, the only way that could happen is if you rewired the DNA or the DNA was subsequently rewired by rewiring and altering the mRNA, the messenger RNA. You can now pass the vaccine on to your offspring. Now, here is another bit of speculation that I might suggest. Let's just say that you are promiscuous and you love men, whether you're a guy or a girl or transgender or identify as anything and anyone in between, you just happen to love men. And the guy that you love has gotten one of these COVID-19 vaccines. You, if you raw dog it in any of your orifices, whether that is mouth, posterior, or cabbage cookie for women, suddenly will more than likely be impacted by the male COVID-19 vaccine. Because as we all know, the mRNA manipulates the proteins and how they're developed in the human body once that vaccine is administered. And we are certainly aware of the male ejaculations and how there is a preponderance of protein in said ejaculation. So what they've done here, the they, what they've done here is that they created such an all-encompassing vaccine that they are literally trying to get everybody impacted by this thing. Let's say you don't want it, but you start to date somebody that has already had it. They can pass these platforms onto you. And this study that was done from the American Journal of Gynecologists, they clearly are implying, or at least we're inferring, that this stuff is passed on from generation to generation. Now, what's even more disturbing about this is that if these kinds of things are passed on to offspring, children, whilst in the womb, they're telling us now that the COVID vaccines last, originally the story was last at least six months, and then it was the COVID vaccines last six months, and we may need to get some more, a booster shot every six months. So what what's going on? Like, why do we need booster shots when we know, we know that the body, the mRNA is passed on to children? 
as we also know, the child takes nine months to cook. So why are we being forced to inject people with these quote-unquote vaccines every six months? What's the true angle here? Something else completely that we are not being allowed to know about. And this is damaging stuff because all of this is experimental. Like you, you can't just say, oh, well, I, we think we should do this. And Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, which came out of nowhere, who, by the way, also his family worked with the Nazis uh, during World War II and the 1930s. We know that for a fact. Klaus Schwab is saying, well, if your government tells you or recommends that you get a vaccine, then you have to get the vaccine. And if you don't, you are a danger to the rest of humanity. What is the rush? What is the rush here? What are they pushing for? And why are they pushing so hard for it? Why are they trying to manipulate the DNA? Why are they trying to get everyone cataloged and tracked with these vaccine passports? Why are they trying to ostracize a certain sector of the society that says, you know what? This stuff is really, really odd, and I'm not going to participate. What's the whole purpose behind this? What is the rush? And why are they hell-bent on making it happen? And I suspect we have to go back to Babylonian and Sumerian myth. You're listening to Resonance with Chris Michaels via OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. This is Resonance via OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. I am your host, Chris Michaels, and we're here every single Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. What is more is that you can look me up on Last Call with Chris Michaels on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I don't know, some other thing that I'm not aware of. And just looking at my statistics and analytics, apparently yours truly uh, has the all-important 35 to 44-year-old demo and uh, roughly 73% of my listeners happen to be female. So I don't know how that happened, uh, but here we are, and that is just the way. I, You know, I didn't make the cookie. I'm just looking at how the crumbles occurred. And we're going to leave everybody with the story about the ridiculousness of Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci was grilled about the border. Now, if we remember Dr. Fauci, he is this hook-nosed, four-eyed little dork that somehow only manages to flip-flop and speak in gray tones. He is never black and white. He never speaks in definitive sentences. He always, always, always allows the tyrannical governors and the rest of the world to take his gray statements and apply the most strictest measures to them, such as, oh, we don't need to wear a mask. Then it turned into, we do need to wear a mask. Then it was, we need two masks, possibly three masks. And then 
Dr. Fauci was so very, very worried throughout 2020 about those super spreader events called Trump rallies. And when Dr. Fauci was grilled on Fox News, Neil Cavuto asked him, aren't you worried about whether or not the crisis at the border could be, if not already is, a super spreader event. And Dr. Fauci says, I don't see why they would want me on the border. Uh, I'm sitting here. I have to make vaccines, and I come up with countermeasures, and it's a difficult situation. And he adds also that, Dr., I'm too busy to get involved with the border because I have more important things to do. Really, Dr. Fauci, it seems as though you had you weren't that busy to allow the lockdown of the United States to occur and continue whatever happened to 14 days to flatten the curve. Here we are going on 14 months. And Dr. Fauci wasn't too busy for that. Dr. Fauci wasn't too busy to start criticizing Trump rallies throughout 2020 as super spreader events. But when it comes to the border, when you've got literally a thousand people per day coming across the board, uh, I have much more important things to do. I'm much too busy to get involved at the border. Dr. Fauci, you are a fraud. And that is resonance with Chris Michaels via onthewakeupradio.com. You can hear us every single Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So until then, enjoy your week. Feel your presence all around me. Flawed individual. Cindy Ashby Production.